Welcome to the Capital City Christian Podcast and to our roundtable conversations, a discussion over a variety of topics regarding faith and community with contributions from several on our church's leadership team and even some special guests. We're glad you're joining us today. Hey, welcome again to the Capital City Christian Podcast and to our roundtable conversations. Today, I am excited to be joined um, by Mark Key Kafer, who is the senior pastor at Living Hope Church and uh, who's involved in a great new ministry starting here in the Jeff City community that we're going to talk about today. And I'm excited for that. Um, Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Mark, just uh, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, um, how you got to the Jefferson City community, and a little bit about your, your background in ministry. Well, I grew up in the state of Oregon, where it rains all the time, and um, went to college in California, where I met the woman who I eventually married, Okay. and our training took us to Chicago. Um, my wife is a family physician with Jefferson City Medical Group. She did her residency in Chicago so that I could finish seminary okay. at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and while there, we got involved with what was the first African-American congregation in the Evangelical Free Church of America, which was in the west side of Chicago. Okay. And that church called Rock of Our Salvation Evangelical Free Church partnered with Circle Urban Ministry. Circle started in the late 60s after, mm -hmm. the, uh, our, after Martin Luther King was assassinated yeah. with a goal of racial reconciliation, intentional ministry among the poor, um, engaging the church more holistically, not just evangelistically, but mm -hmm. in social ways so that faith and works could come together. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that. We were involved in that church for two years. Okay. I did my internship there, and uh, it planted a seed to see the gospel expressed in a more holistic manner. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, I, did, I served as an associate pastor for nine years in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. My wife had her medical practice. We had three kids in Madison. Mm -hmm. And in 1998, it was time for a change. And I accepted the call to be senior pastor at Grace Evangelical Free Church here in Jeff City. Put a closer proximity to my wife's family, which was in the Kansas City area. And I was senior pastor, and we did the normal things nice little evangelical churches do. We <laughs> preach the Bible, we try mm -hmm. and share Christ, we work in missions. And then, <laughs> and then, right, right. Um, I think God started stirring my heart because um, those seeds of being involved in a more intentional ministry, more holistic ministry, mm -hmm. one that had racial reconciliation as part of its emphasis, they started to percolate. And um, to make a long story short, in 2016, 2017, my wife and I, our kids were all grown, mm -hmm. off to college, and we just thought, you know, it's time. Mm -hmm. And we started walking through the South Jefferson City neighborhood, praying that God would lead us to a house that we could purchase, renovate, and use as a focal point for a more holistic neighborhood-type ministry. Okay. We'd been very influenced by a book by Rosaria Butterfield called The Gospel Comes with the Door Key. And the idea that it's out of our homes 
showing hospitality, mm-hmm. living out the faith as good neighbors, right. that we really have lost something that we want to regain. Sure, well, we sure. found a house, okay. 411 East Ashley. Mm-hmm. And it took us weeks, months to get in touch with the owner. The place had been sitting vacant for 16 years. It was boarded up. Oh, wow. People had squatted in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second floor floor was falling into the kitchen. It was a mess. But we eventually bought it. Okay. And in uh, early 2018, we start, or early 2018, we started demo. Okay. Uh, by the fall, we were ready to um, renovate. And I, I tell you the story because what I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing with transformational housing if it weren't for, with, uh, for this. Sure, sure. Uh, we found a builder, and the renovation started in earnest around January 1, 2019. Okay. Uh, we had plans. Uh, in May, they poured foundation for a little extension that would include an enclosed garage and a larger kitchen. Mm-hmm. And May 22nd happened. <laughs> right. A day that we'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our renovation pro- project. So that's, was that right in the path of the tornado? It or? was right in the path. Okay. <laughs> we, the project was leveled to bricks and sticks. Oh, wow. And I, and I, I, <laughs> I mean, the... Everyone's got their stories of the sure, tornado. Sure. We weren't living there. Uh-huh. We were living over by West Elementary School. Mm-hmm. And a neighbor from Ashley called me at like 12.15. And I didn't hear the message until 4 o'clock in the morning. And the message just said, there's been a lot of damage on the block. <laughs> go, okay. Uh-huh. About 5, 5.15, it got light. And I walked from our house by West Elementary School and when I got there, it's like trees, and I walk around the corner, and it's like the house is gone. Oh, it's my just leveled. Goodness. And I, I honestly started laughing. It's like, God, you have a sense of humor. We spent over a year and a half getting to this point. Right. And, we're, and, and now it's this. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll come back to that story yeah, in a yeah, minute. Yeah, no, go ahead. But I became aware that much of the housing destroyed by the tornado was rental housing mm-hmm. for lower income folks and it was my neighborhood now. Right. It's my neighborhood. Right. Personal. Became personal. Became personal. Yeah. Uh, with the help of Dave Newton at Memorial Baptist Church, mm-hmm. we organized, and Bo Underwood from First Christian Church and a few other folks, we organized some conversations that took place at Memorial Baptist really in the weeks following the tornado. Mm-hmm. And we listened to a lot of people. And, you know, no surprise, rental housing, lower income segment of the population, Mm -hmm. it's just huge and now it's bigger. Right. And it's like, where do we begin? So to make a long story short, um, in the fall, after we'd had these conversations going, what could we do? Right. Um, A house on Cherry Street, 203 Cherry. Mm -hmm. Missed the path of the tornado by one block. Oh, my. (laughs) Six apartment units. It was a building erected in 1910, had been converted into apartments at some point. Yeah. One of the units, some of the, one of the residents was cooking something on the stove. The stove got out of control. A fire didn't destroy the place, but made it uninhabitable. Mm -hmm. And the owner, this is in the fall of 2019. Mm Mm-hmm said, if you can get me a tax receipt, I'll donate this to you. And a couple of us who had become the core of 
all these meetings who had yeah. said, this is where we can start. Yeah, yeah. So um, about a year ago, we were able to issue a tax receipt to the owner of the building, Habitat for Humanity. They said, this fits with our mission. Habitat issued the tax receipt. We formed the nonprofit organization. We got the official um, IRS notification mm -hmm. in April, May, and we became a nonprofit and we took ownership. We've demoed the building. Lord willing, about a year from now, we will have five apartment units mm -hmm. that will be available for transitional and assistance to low-income rental units. Um, so that's the genesis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's okay. the genesis. So, so let me let me go back really quickly before yeah. we jump into diving a little bit deeper yeah. into transformational housing. Yeah. Um, for for you personally, I mean, I'm just thinking about your story, yeah. right? Kid in Oregon. Yeah. All of a sudden, now you're thrown into a urban setting in Chicago. That's right. <laughs> you go from Chicago to Wisconsin. A, Wisconsin, a, you know, a, a city in Wisconsin, right? And then you, the Jeff Come City, here. Came Jeff here City in 98. area. Ninety-eight. Okay. So. In, in all of those all of those transitions, um, specifically for you, what did you? I mean, because that seems like kid from Oregon now living in yeah. Chicago and urban setting. I mean, that's got to kind of be some culture shock everywhere you went. How how did that kind of uh, how was that formative in in the shaping yeah. of kind of where you're at right now? I'd have to say two of the richest years of our my wife and I together were those two years at the church in the inner city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was just something so genuine about sharing the gospel in a cross-cultural setting mm -hmm. where we were the learners. Right. Where, you know, I, I went to a, a well-known school in California called Stanford. <laughs> I did not grow up in a wealthy setting. Mm -hmm. Here I am among a lot of rich people. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then I'm in Chicago in the inner city among some of the poorest of the poor. Yeah. And to see the power of the gospel crossing economic, crossing race, crossing social background. Anyway, there was just something that really captured our hearts during those two years. We're still in relationship with a lot of the people that we were in ministry with 30 years ago yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. So coming to Jeff City, I never in my wildest imaginations would have imagined that I would have ended up in Jefferson City. <laughs> sure. You're talking, you're talking to a boy who grew up five miles from the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm a West Coast guy. Uh, but here we are. Yeah. And I love Jefferson yeah, City. Yeah, me too. And I love the size of this city because there is the opportunity to cooperate in ways that you can't do in bigger cities mm -hmm. and that you probably don't have the resources in smaller cities. Sure. We have a diverse population. Yeah. And I, I, the church I serve, and I've served that church for 22 years. I, we changed the name mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years right. ago to Living right. Hope. If we're going to be vibrant, if we're going to be sharing the gospel, we have to break out of being isolated and insulated. We're primarily white. We're primarily middle class. We're primarily pretty well educated, mm -hmm. and those are all... That's just who we are. Yeah. But if we're going to be the church to take the gospel into the next generation, we got to change a yeah. few things. Yeah, yeah. And getting to be more diverse, getting to be more racially and economically integrated. And I don't think people, I think the whole idea of the attractional model come to us. Yeah. 
I think that's going away. I agree. Uh, we got to mm-hmm. go to them. Mm-hmm. And that means living where people live and and becoming neighbors. Right, right. Well, you, when you said something about, you know, you guys are moving into the, into the right. new home. You, you said something how we've kind of lost that front porch. We've lost the front we've porch. We've lost that front porch idea where it's right. you know come and and come and be and let's live let's live together and it's and it's not a it's not a uh, a corporate thing but it's an individual right. commitment i think that my guess mm-hmm. i've been a pastor for 35 years in the next 20 years the churches that are going to be vibrant are the ones where people are making connections and then out of that, they're going to find their way to the church. It's not going right. to be they're going to come to the church. Sure, sure, absolutely. It'll happen in some cases. Yeah, yeah. But the, the distinguishing feature of the house that we wanted to renovate was its front porch. <laughs> okay. And the house that we are now building has an even bigger front porch. <laughs> cool. And it's also going to have a back porch. And our, our dream is that it can become a meeting place yeah. for people from outside the neighborhood because they know us mm-hmm. to meet people from inside the neighborhood and relationships and life happens. Yeah. That's yeah. our dream. That's awesome. And That's hopefully awesome. we're going to get to move into that house sometime in early 2021. Okay, good. So it's coming up soon. It's coming up. <laughs> That's good. Not soon enough, but it's sure, coming up. Sure, sure. It's been a long journey, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's, t- let's talk about um, transformational housing. Transformational, transformational housing. housing. Um, the... Uh, mission statement or tagline where love for community meets hope and healing amen um and uh i don't know who wouldn't appreciate or think that that is a worthwhile endeavor just when you hear that um but talk a little bit about the about the team um and talk a little bit about the 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 vision and mission of transformational housing let me say we've been inspired in particular by two models Mm -hmm. one in columbia love inc has helped a number of families with transitional housing, people moving from homelessness to stable housing. And the Evangelical Free Church in Columbia has really been at the heart of that. They provided two homes that are used where people get um, rent-free living with lots of coaching. Sure. Financial, job, Mm -hmm. whatever they need. And then there's a ministry in the Kansas City area called Hillcrest Housing. And one of our board members, Karen Taylor, Associate Minister at First United Methodist, Mm -hmm was involved with some groups that um, helped Hillcrest get started 20 right. years ago. Right. Similar model. So the idea is how can real estate, rental housing, to be, the, be the means whereby a relationship, the coaching, the encouragement, the mentoring, be the tool to help people take steps forward. Mm-hmm. So um, the the vision is that some of these units will be for transitional housing. Some will be, um, maybe one will be rented at market value. Mm-hmm. We're a nonprofit organization. We're not wanting to make anybody. Right. We just want to break even. Yep. But that um, through coaching and through a place, people have time to grow and develop skills so that they can be self-sustaining, self-supporting, independent. Right. That's the vision. Okay. And the idea that a lot of churches would be involved in various ways. Again, I'm thinking of my own church, mm-hmm. the church that I serve. Yeah. Would that we can develop a team, and I think we can, <laughs> to help people in transition 
but we can't, it, it, that's a huge endeavor. Yeah. So having the place, having some of the training, having some of the patterns and the support will facilitate churches helping people move in transition. Right, right, right. And we, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. We want some element to be transitional, some element uh, to be helping people who, you know, it's hard to find a place to rent if you're a family. It's hard to find anything for less than $600. Mm-hmm. If you're getting started, if you've got some debts to get clear sure, of, if sure. you've got maybe a um, variety of things. We're, we're working in close partnership with Common Ground Ministry Building. Mm -hmm. We're working, um, we've got communication ties and some people ties with uh, Community Action, Central Missouri right. Community right. Action. Right. So we're wanting to do this in partnership. Habitat for Humanities played a huge yeah. role in helping us get started. You know, there, there are families who apply and aren't eligible for Habitat because they've got some debt or they, they need some steps. Right. So Before hopefully, then. you know, someone might live in one of these apartments for six, nine months and then be eligible to go to a Habitat situation. Yeah, yeah. So we're wanting to fill a niche right. that is um, not being filled right now to help people move into stable housing yeah and you and you said one of the one of the goals and visions i mean this is not like a a single church or a single organization no. but this this is the desire is this for to be a community thing for it to be many organizations many churches many people right exactly we are christian right uh we are faith-based we're we're going to be open to anyone Anyone can apply, and we will receive assistance from any organization. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But we are—I I really believe—and uh, we have a, we have a designated prayer coordinator. This is going to go forward as the Spirit of God works, as He provides. The the kind of change that we're wanting to help people make is the kind of change that only the Spirit of God can make. Right. Amen. So um, we have a prayer coordinator. We put together a monthly prayer list. Mm -hmm. We take time in our meetings to pray. I'd say one of the things that your people could do, walk by 203 Cherry Street, stand on the porch, mm. and pray for five minutes. You can look in and you can see the demoed built. Right, you can right. see what's going to become a three-bedroom apartment on the main floor. You can look up through the mm -hmm. rafters and see what's going to be apartments on the upstairs. But I would invite your people to take five or ten minutes and walk down the 200 block of Cherry Street. Most of those are rental houses. Mm -hmm. But we're going to be able to contribute to a neighborhood on that block. Right, right, right. That's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit uh, about where um, that project is right now sure, and what, what is a, a kind of an sure, estimated timeline time time sure, of, of when, when that first group of apartments will be open, yep. and then um, are, are you still looking for other opportunities yep. for more? Uh, a year ago, the building was donated to Habitat. Mm -hmm. We took ownership in April. We did demo in uh, August, September, October. We're, we're, we figure we need to raise about $360,000 okay. to renovate it. There's a little breakdown of how that money would be spent mm -hmm. uh, through some generous folks and through uh, a couple churches we've raised almost half of 360,000 we're a That's little awesome. over 170,000 right now okay our hope would be that it's probably going to take us about a year right okay 
if you would have said to me a year ago when this guy approached us, uh, can you get me a tax receipt? Well, we're going to find out. Mm -hmm. I would have probably laughed to say, look at where we've come in one year. Right. So I'm hopeful that a year from now, Christmas 2021, we're going to be able to have five apartments, 10 beds, mm -hmm. a three-bedroom apartment that would be eligible for a family, three two-bedroom apartments, one one-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. There'll be a laundry room in the basement. There'll be a common area where we can have communal meetings for right. the residents. So hopefully a year from now, we can be housing five family units. Right. One bedroom, three two, two bedroom, bedrooms. three bedroom. We'll be in close partnership with Common Ground and Community Action doing that. Right. So um, there'll be need for volunteers in the upcoming year. Um, there'll be need for to raise another mm -hmm. 180000 mm -hmm. I'd say there'll be need for prayer. We have a selection committee we've already formed. Okay. Uh, but over the next year, we will put in place those coaching elements, the right. financial, the job. And again, we're learning from Columbia. We're learning from Kansas City. But we have groups that are going to be taking up that um, responsibility. Right, right. So hopefully a year from now, we're going to be housing folks. Um, you know, you think about it, uh, just Saturday, Habitat had an open house for the four houses that they did on the Blitz Builder on Jackson Street. Right. The families are going to move in next Saturday. Mm. That planning started right after the tornado. Wow. But in one year, they were able to get those four houses built with a whole lot of community support. Sure. And I'm hopeful that one year from now, we're going to have those five apartment units ready for five different families. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. What are the... What's the... What's the vision beyond, beyond those five that. apartments? Um, you know, we've actually been approached by some uh, landowners. If you get that going, I'd be willing to consider donating this three-unit apartment building. Mm, okay. It's going to take some work. Yeah. And uh, our response is, let us get our experience here, but hopefully we can be self-sustaining. Right and uh, generate enough income to say, yeah, we can take on that three-unit apartment building, do the renovation, and in five months, mm -hmm. we can have three more units. Right, duplicate what was done. Duplicate yeah. what was done. Again, there's, there's literally no overhead at this point. Down the road, you know, who knows what sure. we could... Sure. Hillcrest in Kansas City, Kansas City's a big metro area. Oh, sure. They've been yeah. at it 20 years. They have 75 to 80 apartment units, and they're helping a lot of families. Mm. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, down the road, we'd like to have more units, yeah. but we got to get started and we've got to develop the skill and we've got to develop the, the expectation of how this works. Right, right. Uh, but over the next year, we're going to get those units, and in the next year, I mean, hopefully we can do the programming right. before the people move right. in. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, uh, awesome. there are at least two individuals who have expressed an interest of donating some other units okay. down great. the road. That's great. So if somebody's listening today and they're like, that's something that I want to get involved with. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned the, just go, go to the 200 block of Cherry Street. Go to the 200 block. 203 Cherry Street. I, I went with you a couple you of weeks ago and we went, walk through it. It's going to be... 
it's going to be an incredible blessing to a lot of families. Um, obviously, that is important. Um, but what what else in the next year are going to be opportunities for people to connect with transformational sure. housing and, and even volunteer? Obviously, there's financial gifts yep. that people can give. Um, what else can people do? And then where can people go to, yep. to find that information? Uh, so we will have volunteer work things, probably not in the winter. There's, sure. there's some... Um, but we've got the funds and we've got some people. So on our website, transformationalhousing.org, okay. uh, you can, we'll be posting volunteer opportunities. We'll be posting some updates. Uh, you can give online uh, okay. on the website. But uh, the website is the avenue. Go by the, the house and take a look. And... Uh, transformationalhousing.org transformationalhousing.org okay all right um let's end with with this thought um in scripture jesus was very clear in matthew when he when he talks about how we are to care for the least of these right and and jesus humbles himself to the point of equating himself with somebody who doesn't have food. It doesn't have clothing. Doesn't have a place to stay. Doesn't have housing. Um, Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no right. place to lay his no head. No place to lay his head. <laughs> so Jesus identifies in the most intimate way with those who are in need. Is for you personally, if just personal testimony, is that the core of what drives your passion in this area? That and the idea that. Um, the gospel is about extending hospitality. Jesus welcomes us. Mm. One day, we are going to be welcomed into our heavenly dwelling. He's gone to prepare a place. What a picture that we can prepare a place for someone who needs a place so that they can have the security and the resources to make the changes where they can have their own place. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's at the heart of it. Yeah. Jesus went to prepare a place. Jesus invites us to invite others to, into our home. I, Isaiah 58, 7. Mm, mm -hmm. Is not this the fast I went to share your food with the hungry and to provide for the poor wanderer, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Right. You know, this is at the heart of how the gospel is expressed. Yeah. And I, as it, I've been a pastor at an evangelical church for 30 years, nine years in Wisconsin, 20 plus years here, I just think we've missed this idea of embodying the welcome of the gospel. I, I, I'm all for theology. I'm all for biblical truth. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I preach, you know, I was like, but we aren't fleshing it out. Right. And this is an opportunity for me and my wife for our church family and for the larger church family. There are a lot of things I don't agree with everybody on, mm -hmm. but I can agree on showing the love of Christ and helping mm -hmm. provide shelter for people so that they can experience something of God. Right, right, amen, amen. Well, we're gonna continue to um, pray and continue to pray for and follow uh, transformational housing as uh, this ministry gets off the ground. And I, yeah. I personally am super, thankful for um for your team and their work and for what this is going to do in our community um and beyond what it will do for the physical needs of people in right. our community it's right. the the opportunity to 
um, to allow the gospel to transform somebody's heart. Amen. Which is, which is the goal. So anyway, Mark, brother, thank you so much for joining us today. Truly appreciate uh, you sharing. And uh, we thank everybody for, for being a part of uh, the podcast this week. Hope you guys have a great, great afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. We hope this content serves as a catalyst toward spiritual growth in your own life. If you want to support this podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share it. This helps create more exposure and allows us to include as many people as possible into this community. Thanks for joining us and for being a part of the Capital City Christian Podcast.